Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, this station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Good to be in the house with you one more time on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Happens to be November 27th, just a few days after the lauded Thanksgiving period. And I trust that you did have a um, a good Thanksgiving. I, I mean it. I hope that you were able to meet with family and friends and uh, people that you care about and that life was uh, reflected upon and that uh, you saw God's goodness and mercy. Um, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful time of the year. Also, the weather has already begun to become significantly, inclemently different, as you know, colder in the morning and colder in the evening. So I do my public relations stunt often around, you know, this time of the year, you want to make sure that you're hydrated. You want to make sure that you're rested. You want to make sure that you are, um, you're protected in terms of, of your health, your physical body, your, your immune system. Make sure you are staying up on uh, the healthy and significant vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A, et cetera, et cetera. You can also uh, continue to employ vitamin D. You can uh, take some quercetin and um, a, a number of the uh, natural organic herbs that play a role in strengthening your immune system because there's a little bug going around. You guys know that. Uh, it's nothing much. I'm very glad that we have been uh, set free from the uh, dystopian captivity of three years ago. Um, afraid of things, uh, but we're we're doing we're doing fine for the most part. But you can get sick, and it can linger with you for a few weeks if uh, if you're not careful. So, and particularly those of you who may be more more inclined to um, <clears throat> to the uh, elongated flu season, elongated colds. Uh, just do the best you can. Um, if you have to, um, you know, minimize contact with people who might be compromised themselves. So yeah, just stay stay healthy. Also, again, I want to welcome you to the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. A thousand things we could talk about. I mean, there are so many things going on on the stage of life. Um, but I think it would just be important for us. I said this to my congregation on Sunday. I said it on Friday as well. Uh, I, I definitely walk in the juxtaposition of being in a free country, um, relatively free here in America, where we have resources and where we have blessings that are not just a given in, in other countries. Many countries around the world don't have what you and I have. But frequently what you and I have can be such a distraction that we can lose sight of the reality that's outside of our doors and uh, in other countries and around the world. And, um, you know, as we have been on this thing that is um, capturing people's attention around the world in terms of the conflict between Israel and the Palestinians, uh, that won't go away for a long time. I think we are gradually be driven, being driven into a third world war, uh, if you if you can believe it. I know that just seems preponderous, but 
all of the necessary markers are there to be to be honest with you uh the cycle of war is essential to secular powers and their economic strategically economic goals can you believe it can you believe that your government would allow endorse and manufacture the slaughter of innocent human beings i i, I know that sounds almost like a betraying statement but just pause for a moment if you've been around this planet for a few decades I'm almost sure the young people know this because they're the ones that are alarmed and troubled and in the streets and protesting in their schools. They have a different lens than the old people, um, and that's the way that God has set it up. Do you believe, can you believe that your government would allow, endorse, manufacture the slaughtering of innocent human beings? One, young people. Two, 8,000-plus children to be exact, and then 10 to 20,000 young adults. That is the number that we've got coming in from uh, the Palestinian uh, slaughter. You, I, I know they want to call it a war, but it's not a war. A war is when you've got an equal amount of men on either side of the combat field with an equal amount or a significantly equal proportion amount of weapons and are firing back at you. This is not a war of such sense. And this is where I want to talk to us today, today about making sure that you don't fall prey for the media propaganda distortion of reality. Once again, this kind of uh, neo-postmodern uh, reconstruction of reality to such a degree that you fail to see what's really in front of your eyes. You, you really don't want to do that. As a child of God, we want to be able to see a thing for what it is, call it for what it is, and then be responsible <clears throat> in relationship to that. I state again, can you believe that your government would engage in, manufacture, participate, endorse, allow the slaughter of innocent human beings? You would. You know that because you, you've seen some wars. In this case, just over a little bit over a month now, it's 8,000 children. Horrible. Wretched. Wretched and up to 20,000 people in total, horrible, wretched, in the name of seeking out and destroying terrorists, okay? But haven't we heard that before? Haven't we heard that before? It might have been two or three uh, administrations back, but have we not heard that before? Now watch this. Do you believe that your government, both sides of the aisle, would orchestrate the ethnic cleansing of a strategic area of the world, displace millions of people in a strategic area of the world for oil, for oil, for oil. Welcome to 9-11 2.0. So now I'm taking you all the way back to the beginning of my radio ministry by, by the grace of God. I remember starting again right around 9-11, maybe just a little shortly before that. But here we are once again, and it was stated by others, not yours. I'm not, I'm not giving you some coy insight to what's going on over there. That was the way they framed it a month ago. This is Israel's 9-11. And I took what they said seriously and began to do the hard research that some of us are engaged in doing and asking the question, what are the similarities? What are the parallels? What took place then that's taking place now? Well, it's the creating of another boogeyman. It's the the propping up of another enemy. It's the it's the 
putting fear and alarm on the minds and hearts of American citizens through the media propaganda machine. Once again, that the world is under threat. Only this time is way, way, way over there in the uh, Middle East with, with, with Israel and Palestine and the regions round about it. But nevertheless, the correlations are undeniable. And if you were to dig deep enough, you'd understand that even back in the 9-11 that we had, there were some... Um, there was some Israeli interest in that too. Here's the question that you and I want to ask now. Will we be deceived again? Will we be deceived again? Will we, like with COVID, like with 9-11-2001, like with Vietnam, will we be deceived again? It's kind of the question I'm asking because that was the warning that Jesus gave us in Matthew 24 when the disciples, good Jewish brothers, once again enamored by the temple, not understanding that there was a greater temple present and a greater temple to be manifested than the one in, uh, in, in Jerusalem. But our master told them in Matthew 24, verse 3, make sure that no man deceives you. Now, I can tell you that is a standing imperative. That's a standing mandate. That's a standing warning for the people of God because your adversary, the devil, is a liar. He has never spoken the truth, and he works through unprincipled men and women who don't care about you knowing the truth because you're much more controlled. And that's the word we're going to kind of talk about today as I deal with two or three topics that are going to be worth your interest, okay? The goal of this present propagandized culture of information war, of information uh, oversight, of information management, of information control, of information censorship, of information punishment, that's where you and I are. We are definitely dealing with uh, George Orwell's 1984. There is no doubt about it. They warned us, those prescient prophetic voices warned us that we would be in a technological age where what we say could get us into serious trouble. And, uh, and what we see, if we say what we see, regardless of how accurate it may be, if it doesn't comport with, if it doesn't sit with, if it doesn't affirm, if it doesn't uh, subsume itself under the stated narrative of your legacy media outlets, you will be seriously punished for it. But as people who are called to be truth tellers, um, you know, we just have to tell the truth, as I've been trying to share with you for years. So I'll ask you the question before we take a break. Um, can you imagine that what's going on over there with all of that disarray, pain, and suffering is really about oil Again, 1-888-367-5329, 1-888-367-5329. Well, if you can't imagine it, imagine it because it's so. And when I come back, I'll tell you why it makes sense, even though I don't agree with it. This is a Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Life is something else, is it not? It is absolutely filled with all kind of faux pas, all kinds of contradictions, all kinds of paradoxes, all kinds of conundrums, just a complexity of wild manifestations, sometimes simultaneously, sometimes concurrently. It's just filled with all sorts of, uh, we might call it bizarre, we might call it weird and interesting. On the one hand, one of the best, probably the best tennis player in the world right now, Novak Djokovic, uh, Serbian, bless his heart, uh, believer, 
um, uh, has won the U.S. Open. This was a few months ago. He's the best tennis player in the world. And they had uh, on the screen that the Open was um, was held by Moderna. Uh, and, and you know they had castigated and tried to destroy that man because he had a conscience and he also had agency, self-agency around his own health. And, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to talk about that, too, as one of the strings in the pseudo-pearl of uh, this dystopian um, postmodern uh, reconstruction of, of history and life. But I definitely don't want you to forget what happened three years ago because everything is tied together. This is a series of, uh, of assaults on humanity uh, at the highest level, psychological warfare, generation psychological warfare, whether you know it or not, particularly as it uh, pertains to your media outlets, which are government-sponsored, uh, top of the uh, food chain in terms of uh, globalist and 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 the money barons, et cetera. Uh, information is one of the most strategic ways of keeping your enemy on their heels. Any serious military man can call in and confirm what I'm saying. To keep you unprepared, to keep you distracted, the psyop of bad, mis, false, disinformation to distract you is so critical. When you hear your media open its mouth, it is intentionally lying to you. And I mean particularly from the top. I'm talking about your uniparty. I'm talking about your left and the right that are committed to the globalist agenda. And one of the reasons why what I was saying in my opening monologue about can you believe it? Can you believe that you and I are looking at the devastation? And, and we can do statistics around this idea of 20,000 people being killed in such short period of time because the numbers are coming out. This should have all of us renting our, our garments and saying what in the world is going on? Does does what happened on October 7th justify killing 8,000 children? No, the answer is absolutely not. Now, we can debate about it. You can have a debate about it. But I'm here to tell you, when the smoke is cleared and the warmongers and the bloodthirsty people and the calloused persons who want to just argue theoretics, who want to argue, you know, uh, tradition, who want to argue from a standpoint of emotion, who want to argue from a party line perspective. Uh, when it's all cleared out, you're going to find out that that was wrong. This, the way that Israel responded to Hamas was wrong. Nothing was right about this. But didn't I tell you there was other motives behind this. There is a vast oil reserve in the Mediterranean Sea, right up against Palestine. And Israel been knowing about this for a long time. So has your boy Joe Biden, as well as uh, Donald Trump, and probably also uh, Mr. Barack Hussein Obama. <clears throat> I've known this because Israel has been keeping the Palestinians under lock and key for many years now, not allowing them to thrive, not allowing them to prosper for all kinds of phobic, fearing reasons. And they'll, they'll wax, wax eloquent uh, on you through your legacy media outlet about if you, just, if you let them out, they'll kill all of us Jews. They'll kill us all. 
we used to hear all of that when we were dealing with the throes and propaganda of 9-11. Remember that? Around the corner was a terrorist everywhere. And then all of a sudden, they just kind of went away. Did you remember that? Just went away like that's what they do. If we're not talking about some kind of major, again, uh, controlled narrative rooted in power dynamics that are able to play one person over against another. If that's not countries, this is also diabolical groups. I, I, I'm under the opinion that we've got in our government uh, measures and systems and structures that pay terrorists to do what they do. Now, you know I'm speaking tongue-in-cheek because you know it's actually true. Anybody that does just a little research knows that you can't have the red horse of war, Revelation chapter 6, without also having the speckled bay horse of economics driving it. All wars are driven by economics. That means they are strategic. That means they are political. That means they are economically driven. We know this. Our government... You have people uh, right now hollering at you and screaming to you about be afraid of, of Iran. And you know, you know the omen that told me it's the omen, O M E N. The omen that 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 showed me that you and I are dealing with a 9/11 uh, 2.0 is uh, Hillary Clinton is back on the stump again, telling everybody. You, you you can't you can't you can't you know you can't do a ceasefire. You gotta you gotta let Netanyahu and, and, and the guys do what they gotta do, even if it means destroying 20, 30, 40,000 children, 150,000 uh, Palestinians. Kill them all. Kill them all. We, we we it has to be done, or else Israel will be wiped off the map. You've heard that rhetoric, but you haven't heard it in the context of debate by the other side in a way in which you can be informed around the history that has led up to this kind of adversarial landscape narrative. You haven't heard it. You only hear what you hear in the media, and it's designed to get you at the emotional level and tell you to be afraid of another boogeyman. And oh, by the way, your government will rescue you from it. Don't ever look at how much money is being ex extracted from your income because that's beside the point. We will tax you to 45, 50, 60 percent. But remember, it's for the interests of the American people. It's to save you from the enemy. It's to protect you from harm. We support wars all over the world. And, of course, you're hearing in the media to some degree the chagrin and disapproval by the American people around it right now. We're getting tired of being told that we can suffer this kind of confiscation of our own income when we're recognizing everywhere how difficult it is to deal with these escalating prices of which I told you would be here back in 2021 because all this is all part of a major paradigm shift geopolitically. This is, this is part of the reset. We are now in the economic phase and war justifies the continual plundering of our resources at the level of printing money and giving it to different countries. You know that. Like, you don't hear anything at all, saints. You don't hear anything about what's going on in Ukraine. Why? Because Ukraine was a debacle. It was a lie, too. We know that. Do you? We got to send money to Ukraine, got to give money to Ukraine. Well, fundamentally, Russia plundered devastated, destroyed the capacity for Ukraine to do anything. 
and we were told that Ukraine was winning this war, winning this war. We got to give them more money because they're about to win this war. They're not winning this war. That war was lost many, many months ago. Honest journalists have told us this. Not your mainstream media, honest journalists. So why did the money go that way? Listen, this is how it works, ladies and gentlemen. Destabilize the culture, create crisis, confiscate the wealth, bankroll both sides of the war. This is why I told you about three weeks ago when this whole uh, October 7th thing happened, Joe Biden had already given Iran a bunch of money, told them not to give it to Hamas, don't give it to the folks. And then Iran said publicly, we'll do with this money what we want. And then all of a sudden, once Hamas does what it, what it does, now your media wants to tell you it's Iran's fault. But Iran got the money from us. Why? Because we bankroll both sides of the conflict all the time. Welcome to big time wrestling. We are frequently do. Now, I wish there was a good brother from, uh, again, maybe the Vietnam War or, 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 or strategically uh, involved at a, at a higher level of intelligence that could call and confirm this to you blessed brothers and sisters who are listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline because this has been the reality, standing reality for a long time, all the way back to, you know, the the play card that that our uh, Israeli brethren love to play, you know, the 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 the, the anti-Semitism card, all the way back to Hitler. All of that was bankrolled by our government, Britain. Uh, and and other interested parties to have the outcome that it did and to create the, tra the trajectory for what we're dealing with now in terms of Israel being a state. This is not new information. This is old. What What's really amazing to me is how our government really does trust that we are so naive and so ignorant that we won't do even the slightest research to see how many times they've lied to us up to this present hour. Now, I know that young people don't know this. And I know that old party line people, whether the left or the right, don't know it because they don't even read their Bibles correctly. They let people tell them what this thing is saying. And it's always in, a, in addition to a newspaper with leftist ideology to help interpret it for you, which is an eisegetical approach to the text. Like what's going on right now? We're just about up on Armageddon. Jesus is about to come. It's almost here. Now we're celebrating the red heifer. We're getting ready to rebuild the temple. But what does all that ultimately mean? What does all that ultimately mean? It means a lot of war, a lot of destruction, a lot of killing of people in the name of God. That's what that all means. If that's what you're up for, sure. But you would be wrong. There's a lot for us to learn. The number is one 367 one I've got a couple more things I want to talk about, and then we can go to the phone lines and have the conversation. I hope your eyes are at least being open to you becoming more skeptical about what you are hearing in the media. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are at the time, 5.35 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. November 27th, moving towards that lauded month at the end of the year, December, where we celebrate the birth of our Savior, not the birthday of our Savior, but the birth of our Savior. Um, different uh, Christian traditions around the world celebrate his birth on different days, 
So we are not uh, at all asserting that December 25th is the actual birth of our master. I often have to talk about that because people do get upset to some degree around these traditions, and we need to we need to know better. Um, but what's happening, ladies and gentlemen, all around the world is a quiet but obvious shift in perception, in perception, and in the practices of different countries. I can make the divide between the West and the East. The Western uh, countries that are all a part of, let's say, NATO, the North American Trade Organization, let's say the um, the West with America, Europe with um, Canada and Australia, et cetera, that whole bastion. Um, we are experiencing a serious divide between this Western side and the uh, Eastern side now with China and Russia and Africa and a few other countries that are basically saying they're done done with the West for all kinds of reasons. And we need to, we need to be humbled by it because um, our vice president tried to run over there to Africa and tell them you can have $60 billion if you allow us to turn your children into perverts. That's right. You remember that. And the African uh, Union said you can take your money and you, can, you know what you can do with it. Uh, we don't need you. And, and, and Africa has been speaking with its feet in divesting itself of American influence. And now it has also ousted Israel as well. A, a profoundly uh, passionate discussion in the African Union uh, as they voted to oust Israel and to oust America and to oust all the groups that have been in Africa for decades, plundering Africa and assisting its corrupt leaders in um, basically maintaining uh, poverty at unacceptable levels for the African, African, uh, African people, they have now chosen to go a different route. This is an omen. This is why you got this war going on over there now. I'm here to tell you, don't get caught up in the diatribe of the uh, Palestinians with the Israelites exclusively. Understand there's something going on there, but as the scorpion works with his tail, his tail actually strikes you from over the top so that you don't see it coming while he's talking to you with his mouth. That's how the devil works. You're hearing one thing on the ground, but strategically things are being set up for America and uh, Israel combined to try to take over those oil reservoirs over there so that they can have a continued uh, flow of oil for their own interests and to leverage uh, that oil in relationship to, to the Arabs over there. Because if, if that doesn't happen, now that uh, uh, China and Russia and, and the African nations have cut America and Israel off, we will suffer significantly on an economic level if we don't make serious adjustments. I mean, we could go into that in detail and understand the uncanny nature of um, what happened on October 7th that justified Netanyahu's basically um, boasting about developing a canal running all the way through the uh, Arab Emirate up into the um, uh, uh, Mediterranean Sea uh, uh, around the border of, of Palestine and uh, to set up a strategic long-term uh, uh, occupancy around the oil. Now, there you go. There's the correlation between 
the 9-11-2.0 with, with Israel and Palestine and what happened uh, with with the Iraq war where, where Mr. George W. Bush uh, thought he'd go over there in the name of fighting terrorism again and try to plunder that country's oil wealth. And it did not work. And we left away from there with millions of people being killed and hundreds of thousands of our own uh, troops wounded and killed, and here we are, just what, uh, a few decades away from it, and we're acting like it didn't happen, and we're ready for it to happen again. And uh, even then, I was warning you guys about the uh, the miscues that was going on, and uh, and I'm warning you again this time. You know that that's what that's what I get a chance to do. I kind of talk to you about stuff you you don't hear. And then ultimately you hear it, like with the COVID thing. I told you, and and now you're hearing about it, and, and it's factually true. Um, we we told you about the World Health Organization, and now you're hearing about it. You're hearing it on the commercials here on KFAX about uh, the globalists and the the agenda. It was all you know poppycock for a long time, but now it's just common nomenclature for people. Um, but but many of us just do the broader research outside of our mainstream media to hear what's going on around the world. By the way, by the way, how do you have upwards of 53 to 57 journalists killed over this conflict in Palestine? You heard me right. 53 to 57 journalists have been killed trying to report on what's going on in Palestine. Now, is that justified for those of you who love warmongering? Or is that not another evidence that the goal is to not let them be on the ground so that they can really see what's going on? Because if the world saw it the way it really is, then once again, they lose control of the narrative. See, you have to be spoon-fed what CNN and Fox News tells you. You can't get it on the ground really at the ground level. And so they are doing funeral after funeral after funeral over there for the killing of Arab and Palestinian and some Israeli and some American journalists right now. I know you're probably not hearing that in your mainstream media. That is an atrocity as well. Because you know what that means. See, the journalist is the canary in the coal mine. The journalist is the prophet. Is he not? Is she not? They are the ones that let you know uh, what's really going on on the ground. And thankfully, we do have alternative media that's leaking through and telling Fox News and telling CNN and telling these other outlets what's really going on. And they're, they're shocked at what they're hearing from these other sources. This is the reason why young people who are not trapped by traditions and trapped by party lines are rising up and saying, no, this is, this is not worth it. By the way, do you understand that they're trying to go after uh, Elon Musk now because Elon dared to step outside of the mainstream narrative and say that um, that Israel has a tendency to lie. No, not not the Israeli state. Maybe your government, maybe my government, maybe Putin, maybe Jing lies, but not Israel. They're not lying to you. And so Elon Musk was just get, making a very uh, honest evaluation. And then all of a sudden, Media Matters goes after him. And now Elon, with his long money, has to go after them and sue them 
for uh, libel, for for lying on him. He and he's he's letting them know you're not going to run me over. You're not going to force me to buy into your anti-Semite trope. You're not going to cause me to fear you just because, you know, because it 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 would be it would line my pockets. And so what what Media Matters is doing is seeking to get all of the the um the sponsors to leave uh, X, formerly, as you know, Twitter, and uh, and go somewhere else. But you, you guys know Musk. He's, a, he's an interesting character, is he not? Uh, on some levels, he's absolutely a blessing to us as he supports free speech. On another level, he also, you know, is somewhat tied to the system. But here again, he was honest about recognizing when the media lies. You know, when, when you get a dose of the fact that your government is pathological and lying, you never, ever just take what they say verbatim. You actually become a biblical Christian. You know what that is? Prove everything. Hold fast to that which is good. Try the spirits, whether they be of God or not. Hear the whole matter out. Understand that the snake comes first. He bites and then runs. He knows once you realize you got bit, you're going to react to it, and then you're going to try to catch up with him. But a lot of times it's too late. I am describing your media. I am describing your government. I'm describing the relationship that we as the common citizens in this world have with our leaders. I'm, I'm thinking about what happened with Rwanda just a few decades ago. I know you forgot because you don't care about seeing the trends that Jesus told us. There shall be wars and rumors of wars. There shall be uh, conflicts between nations. There will be arguments and serious battles between brothers. He, he knew what was going on because he prophesied it because he's in control of these matters. And he told us these things would be, and we should know them. But he said, make sure no man deceives you because the fundamental thing about war, which you and I are in, is that it is first an information warfare. The enemy, he is the God, little g-o-d, theos, of this world. And because he is the liar, the father of lies, and the truth never abides in him, you've got to know that these governments are constructed on multi-layer systems of lies. All right, this is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm going to take a break, pay some bills. Got one more little thing I want to share with you, and then we'll go to the phone lines for the second hour. one 367 1-888-367-5329. 1-888-367-5329. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? Army tries to woo back troops. They kicked out over vaccination mandates. Army tries to woo back the troops that they kicked out over vaccination mandates. Can you believe this? News analyst Nathan Worcester says, amid a historic military recruiting crisis, unvaccinated soldiers who were kicked out of the U.S. Army are being invited back. I mean, I could talk to you at length about that because I played a relatively significant role during the COVID thing. You guys remember when I was sharing with you the data, the information that was coming through the pikes of our whistleblower doctors and whistleblower scientists and the whistleblowers from Pfizer and Moderna and AstraZeneca and how Veritas 
was actually exposing the criminals for um, giving us defective uh, defective drugs, this mRNA technology that, that still um, has not at all proven to be effective as a as a as a uh, vaccine. It is indeed a a gene therapy. This has everything to do with CRISPR technology at the end of the day and uh, a mechanism for impacting your DNA through um, synthetic RNA uh, messenger um, messenger how can I put it, uh, translation of your cell structure. Um, and right now, there are a lot of arguments about um, uh, r- r- reverse transcription taking place in people's, uh, in people's bodies and their DNA because of this um, sort of free radical lipid nanoparticle uh, a mechanism that's running around in people's body. A lot of arguments going to contaminations in the vials, um, s- strands of um, of DNA from 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 other sources. This is something going on largely right now, and uh, of course you're not going to hear it. You're not going to hear this. But many of the good good doctors and scientists warned about these potentials back then, and, and it's true. But anyhow, amid a historic military recruiting crisis, in other words, you know, you, you tell people unless you stick your arm out and get this jab, and we're not going to tell you what's in it. And you can read the white paper that's supposed to be on the vial, and you won't see anything on there but a blank piece of paper. And if you don't do it, you can't work. And if you don't do it, this will happen and that will happen. People are going to recognize that you're nothing but a tyrant. So this is why recruiting has been just such a debacle these days. In a recent letter to former service member Brigadier General Hope C. Rampey informed recipients that former soldiers who were involuntarily separated for refusal to receive COVID-19 vaccination may request a correction of their military records. Duh. It never should have happened. There should be people going to jail for this. The mandate was officially repealed earlier this year in line with a provision in the defense package passed in December 2022. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, Austin first mandated COVID-19 vaccination on August 24, 2021, just weeks after announcing his intention to do so through August 9th memo. The very same day President Joe Biden chimed in with his support for mandating COVID-19. Now, our president has proved that he's nothing but a shilling. I'm just going to leave that low. Now, more than two years later, a deepening recruitment crisis and conflicts in the Ukraine and in the Middle East, as well as the risk of war over Taiwan and other countries, have changed things. You better believe it. During the third Republican presidential debate in Miami, Senator Tim Scott said that the U.S. military must be prepared to fight and engage in three continents at the same time. Warmongers. Days after President Joe Biden met with Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping at a summit in California, nine Chinese aircraft passed over Taiwan's straight median line. This is on purpose, y'all. This is on purpose. This is about money. I told you we're headed to World War III. This is on purpose. I don't know how to say it more clearly. And since the Israel-Hamas war kicked off, Iran-linked actors... Uh, Iran-linked actors have attacked U.S. forces in Iraq, Syria more than 60 times, prompting a November 27 counter-strike by U.S. fighter jets on Iraqi targets. A lot can be said about that, but that's what you get with your media. Um, we're being provoked to go to war, and we're in Israel to help protect Israel. No, you're not. 
You're going after those oil wells. You're going to clear out a bunch of people that do not deserve to die. And you're going to plunder those oil wells because of the geopolitical shifts going on in, in terms of the East and the West. Because you won't get oil from Russia anymore. You won't get oil from, uh, from, from China anymore. Even though you swore you hate these two, behind closed doors you're doing all kinds of businesses. You don't have the, uh, the confidence that the Arab oil wells are going to give you anything because Israel is really messing with their own people when they are going after the Palestinians. This puts you in a quandary. So what do you have to do? You have to become a thug. You have to declare a war. That's what Israel, that's why Israel keeps saying, this is a war, this is a war. It's a crazy war. You're killing women and children. You're not even fighting serious forces. But this is about plundering that oil. Now, old school people know that what Pastor Jesse is saying is correct. You know that. You've heard this story. You've watched this movie. You've seen this script before. Nothing new about what I'm saying. Recruiting wolves are dodging much of the military, dogging much of the military this year. The Army missed its recruitment goal by 10,000, while the Navy fell short by 7,000, 7, continuing a trend from last year. People are not going in. When you perpetually, unendingly, unrepentantly lie to the American people and call them a fool because they are interested in their own health and their own welfare, why should they lay down their lives in somebody else's country for you? Hillary Clinton, for you, Joe Biden, for you, Barack Obama, and even for you, Donald J. Trump. You notice how Donald Trump, right now, you guys, super quiet, super quiet. You know, I, I talked to our folks at Grace about the dialectical process, about the left-right narrative, about the uh, plantation, uh, yes, a master arguments that goes on between the, the Republicans and Democrats, between the donkeys and the elephants. And I tell you that you're actually working for the same team. I've told you that for years now. And uh, I tell you to be very careful about that because it doesn't make a difference at the end of the day. The pump cart is going in the same direction, and that direction is globalism. And this is why we're in the trouble that we're in now. So they're they're really crying. We need you. We need you, young men. We need you, young women, to go over to another country and lay down your lives for safety. See, there you go. We've heard this before. You know that. What PJ is telling you is the absolute truth. This is why I said our master told us that the four horsemen of the apocalypse will rise. And we should know how they rise cyclically. Economics is completely tied into war, which is completely tied into death, which is completely tied into collateral damage, which is completely tied in population control, which is completely tied into controlling of the people through fear and crisis. This here, again, is ideological subversion. The Russians taught our people that when we confiscated many of them after World War II and brought them into our government, they've been here for a long time enjoying plush jobs teaching our government how to lie to the American people. You guys know this. Probably the only solution is to uh, vote these people out. Ah, we've been having a problem with voting. Here we go again. If this is not a banana republic, right? Well, I think we need to start with prayer. 
I think we need to get on our knees and ask God to be gracious to us because we're guilty of not standing for truth here at home. Um, and, and I mean that in our churches. Our churches are woefully and despicably quiet about COVID and now about the crisis over there in, in Israel. Um, just despicably quiet. It should have a prophetic insight into the crisis, one of a universal uh, humanitarian level by which we advocate for all human beings in a way that we seek reconciliation. And then also have a prophetic word warning that if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And I don't think our people will hear it until that sword comes to America. But the prophet still told Israel that even though it took them hundreds of years to realize that Nebuchadnezzar was coming. Isaiah said, Neb is coming. Jeremiah said, I see the incense on the horses of the Babylonians. And it was Ezekiel said, they're up at the gates. They're doing their enchantments. They're doing their divinations. They're cutting open the liver. They're asking for their gods to give them insight as to which way to go. God said they were coming. And uh, Israel was saying, uh, no, it won't happen to us. It won't happen to us. It won't happen to us. And I think America's in that same place. It won't happen to us. So we don't care what happens to other people. As long as it doesn't happen to us, we're fine. That's not a Christian attitude, I can tell you that now. God protects those that sigh and cry for the abominations that are done in Israel. Read Ezekiel 9. Put a seal on the forehead of those that sigh and cry for the abominations. Not those who are careless, who are indifferent, and certainly not those who promote evil, but those who sigh and cry for the evils that are being done. Those are the ones whom God gives peace in the depths of their soul because they actually understand that God hates the death of the wicked. He takes no pleasure in it. It doesn't redeem anyone. It doesn't redeem anything. So the Monday edition of Lifeline, again, one 367 one We're going to go to the phone lines, have a good time talking with PJ. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 6.07. And uh, we've got two lines open, one 888 Two lines open if you want to join the conversation, if you want to challenge something that I, I've said, if you want some explication of what I've said, I'd love to hear from you, one 888 Let's talk with Jermaine on line number one. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I'm here. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. What's your thoughts? Well, just, um, you know, what you had said about what's going on overseas, and, and it's obviously kind of heating up. It's not going anywhere. But for me, I've noticed that the news is kind of used as as like a weaponized form of propaganda. Yeah, I know that's that's kind of obvious, but I also noticed they use a particular pattern where they kind of bombard you with just this this numerous amount of information and they distract you. And they typically seem to do that when they're trying to sell you something or just yeah. straight up lie, get you to fixate on it. But whenever it's important, they kind of breeze right by it, like the, the safe and effective stuff. And then the, uh, the people who've been suffering, you know, from the, 
various pharmaceutical drugs. They have some speed reader, read the side effects about 60 miles an hour. So you can't really, you know, concentrate. And I think uh, as far as our society, we've been so distracted with entertainment that we can't really think, literally. You know, our attention span has been attacked. And it wasn't too long ago when we had aliens and they had pictures of UFOs and alleged bodies and, you know, that kind of left. That, that's gone. That should have been worldwide news, but it was there, then it was on to something else. So, you know, for me, I have to really, I, I just find I have to really go back to scripture because it kind of keeps me calm. And that's why I appreciate what you said. You're one of the only pastors on the air that I've heard said, say that God doesn't want anyone to perish because it seems like a lot of these warmongers, they, they only kind of weaponize parts of scripture that would uh, kind of agree with them going to war, but they don't go any deeper. So, you know, and also for me, Psalm 46, I think it's 4610, where God talks about just being still, knowing who he is, slowing this stuff down so you can actually think through what's going on in the world. That uh, gives me, you know, tremendous comfort during a time like this. Very good. Very good. I, I think that if I wanted to add to that, it would be the idea that um, simultaneously resting in the reality of a sovereign God, this is what makes sovereignty of God such a pillow of rest for the believer, the biblically-based believer. Um, it is not uh, the idea of uh, fatalistic determinism, as some would want to interpret that. There is definitely um, a call uh, for human responsibility at the intellectual level, at the psychological level, at the emotional level, at the spiritual level, and at the pragmatic level. This is why I quoted Ezekiel chapter 9. The prophets are never indifferent to the evil that Israel does. They're never indifferent to the evil that the wicked do. They're never indifferent to evil because the prophet is a kind of bellwether for God. His job her job, their job as the people of God is to give the news according to God so we can have a biblical worldview framing the events of our life, our society, <clears throat> particularly if those matters are um, either remotely or immediately existential threats to our life. We have to say something about them because, as you know, there are like multitudes of battlefronts going on at the same time. We've got global uh, instability and conflict. The four horsemen of the apocalypse lays out the framework, the larger framework for our society as a whole. Life is about war. Life is about uh, economics. Life is about suffering and death. Life is about the overtures of redemption represented in the white horse. Life is about men and women coming to understand the mercy of God in the person of Christ. But all that goes on as Jesus taught the 11 in Matthew 24 at the same time. But this gospel must be preached in all the world, and then the end shall come simultaneous with false prophets, simultaneous with war, simultaneous with uh, ecological and uh, cosmological catastrophic events. All of these things go on at the same time God's in control. And so we have to navigate it by maintaining an equilibrium of being objective, of being grounded, 
but of not ever being indifferent because we must not. We must not be indifferent because what the Bible teaches us is that the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one and people are being deceived every second of the day and it has eternal consequences to it. So like you said, when you hear these ignorant Christians who are far more um, political than they are pious, um, being indifferent to the struggles and the conflicts that are going on in society, they are saltless Christians. They are um, Christians that don't have the necessary light to bring men and women to an awareness. Often that takes other kinds of people. Other people outside of the church end up having much more insight and useful uh, helpfulness in, in bringing uh, issues to the forefront. They don't have the ability to frame it theologically. That should be the, the role of the church. But they do call attention to evil and travesty. And they will ask the question, where is your God? You say that we need God. Where is God in this? And the Christians should have an answer to these things. But they don't particularly care. I, this goes all the way back to World War One, World War Two. This goes back to Vietnam. I mean, the silence of the churches during catastrophic times indicates that regulatory capture has taken place in our churches, too. As it has with almost all of our institutions, so our churches. They were silent during the days of uh, uh, Hitler's Germany, silent during Vietnam, Vietnam. silent uh, during World War I as well, silent uh, today, silent, critically silent during 9-11. During uh, it's, it's really a shame that our churches don't have a vital, relevant, God-centered, Christ-exalting, biblical-based word for, for what's going on. And the only thing that'll get piped out from time to time is this pseudo-eschatological, premillennial, dispensational, uh, warmongering, uh, war-promoting uh, system of, you know, uh, uh, Jesus is about to come. And, and it always proves itself to be faulty time and time and time again. It's a sad, sad, sad reality. I thank you for your observation in relationship to, you know, knowing how to be still and know that he's God. So that that is, again, a dual message. And I am completely at peace in my soul, but because I've been called to be agitated and concerned, uh, this is the way Ralph Barnard put it. He said, we should be the society of the concerned. We should be concerned about men and women being deceived, concerned about men and women perishing in sin, concerned about hell-bound sinners getting it right, concerned about the sleeping dogs in the church, the greedy dogs in the church, concerned about naive Christians being deceived and therefore not being able to play their role in society. We ought to be concerned about that, even if nobody else is concerned. We ought to be like Jeremiah, ought to be like Ezekiel, ought to be like Isaiah, concerned about it, even if it's a hundred years out, because that's the role of the prophet to speak for God. Thank you for the call, my dear brother. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, two lines open, one triple, maybe even three, one triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine, one triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 6.20. And let's see, I think the lines are full. Maybe I have one left. Yeah, one line open, one 888 And let's just get to talking while we can exercise our freedom of speech before the government goes completely rogue 
and uh, punish any of us that does not walk according to the new speak um, mandates of the neo-1984 culture and animal uh, animal form that we are becoming in our society. Line number two, James in Oakland. James, how are you? Hey, PJ, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. What's going on? Uh, what isn't going on? Listen, I'm, I'm trying to uh, work through uh, some thoughts, especially after what you just said about what's happening simultaneously uh, uh, with the four horsemen of the uh, apocalypse. I'm trying to drill more down into that. But mm-hmm. the, the trouble that you know I have right now I mean, as you were speaking speaking on how they're treating our people that were in the military, telling them that they have to not apply but submit to be for correction when that should that should be an automatic. Everyone that was dismissed uh, because of standing up against the uh, jab should be automatically have their record corrected. And then it should be 100%. up to them whether or not they want to go in. Now, with this time away, they may have begun to realize, and this is where I'm struggling at right now, is that why do you, when they're not going in to the military to fight a war to protect America, it may be protecting some oligarchs' uh, interests, but it's not really, I'm going to be careful how I say it, protecting us, because the only thing I'm seeing about war is war crimes against innocent yes, people, like what's happening over in uh, Europe, uh, in Palestine. You know, yes, that's sir. not okay. a war. Those are war crimes. Those are innocent people being killed. Yes, and, sir. And, and and I'm also struggling with the fact that the pro- prophetic voice in America isn't prophetic anymore because they've moved that narrative to the left, if you will, because of what I call a really religious, religion, religious industrial, uh, industrial complex of most of the Americans and the mainstream media. They constantly are saying it's a war taking place in uh, Israel when, and they use the cover of religion because those are, that Israel is not true Jews. We talked about that. It is yes, not the, the true Jews that, that are fighting the true Jews, the true Jews, uh, the biblical Jews uh, 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 of the Torah, if you will, want peace. And they've had peace. They, they, they live with anyone. They want love. I, I think we, we know that. And I think the people on top controlling things know that that's why they strive to keep that voice silent. But the truth is beginning to come out. And I just think if we had a gospel that was being preached by those like yourself from the, from the scriptures, as opposed to this other gospel that's being preached by the Zionists that are hiding behind the fact that, oh, you're attacking the Jews. No, they're not attacking Judaism. They're, uh, 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 that is what I want to say, secular Israel, if that term makes sense. Absolutely. What's going on over there. And most of the hearers are deceived because they're not hearing the truth. Right. So I'm just going to stop it right there. Uh, no, that's excellent. That's a no. That's excellent. That's excellent. I certainly wish you know. And I, I when when the heat comes here, when the heat comes to America, you know the phone lines are going to be ringing off the hook. You know that because you know uh, the labor of man is for his belly. Americans are woefully sleep, if not partially, the Walking Dead, and uh, and be and because the bombs aren't dropping here. 
we don't care. Uh, but like when COVID was an existential threat, you know, the phones were ringing off the hook. When uh, we were dealing with Black Lives Matter and the pseudo existential threat over that, the phone was ringing off the hooks. When we were dealing with 9-11, the phone was ringing off the hook for me. Uh, but something like this, you know, our, the American people are so glad to be told by the nanny state, you know, that they don't have to go back in the lockdown because they're permitted to breathe fresh air for a minute. Uh, they don't they're not going to get super excited about what's taking place over in Israel. They don't see the correlation between the two. But maybe I'll take some time maybe next week and talk about how uh, America and Israel go all the way back to to the Brits and all the way up to the Rothschilds and all the way into the creation of the Zionists. As Joe Biden explicitly said, if there was no Israel, we would create one for our own personal interests as Americans. Wow. He told a lot. Now, you guys, you know that because I've sent you those those uh, presentations. He told us a lot about what constitutes this fabricated, neo-secular, uh, uh, godless uh, Israeli state um, that is pretending to be, um, you know, the uh, Judite Davidic representation over there. That's what the Star of David is all about. And it's much more monarchical in military in form. It is not, it doesn't constitute commitment to Torah by any stretch of the imagination. Like you said, our Orthodox brethren, uh, Jewish brothers will tell you that. That's why they don't go for all of that warmongering that's taking place. And they are in Israel at that, at that time. And the ones that are here in America, as you've seen in presentations, have stood up boldly and said, uh, Israel, uh, as it were, the state does not represent us to Jews. And this is the category I make with people. They have fallen prey to the mainstream narrative that if you speak against Zionism, you are speaking against Jewish people. And I said, that's as much nonsense as to say, if you speak against Black Lives Matter, you're speaking against all black people. These are tropes that need to be completely deconstructed and exposed as part of the uh, uh, propaganda, the Trojan horse propaganda agenda to keep us divided and hoodwinked. But you and I know better. Uh, at some point, it'll come back around, uh, Brother James, and we will find ourselves uh, wrestling with these things, because this is really probably going to end up being uh, a World War III. I mean, I really, you know, I told our congregation this several months ago. I told you that by the time we get to 24, things are going to be difficult. I told us that. I just, uh, you know, reading the tea leaves and, 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 and studying scripture carefully and watching how our culture works, I, I, I see, I can recognize the patterns. The goal is a third world war that destabilizes, that produces fear, that begs for a nanny state, that causes people to want to be uh, parentalistic. They need a government to protect them from an evil that the government creates. And that includes ignorant church folk. Uh, they, they wanted to. So, you know, because historically, as I stated, our churches have been beholden to the uh, paps of our government and our media, and it likes to play kumbaya, but it's not serious about being prophetic or being priestly in terms of the presentation of the gospel uh, as the real existential threat to human beings. It's, it's really a sad reality, but, but that's where we are. Um, and and we'll, this, will be, this will be more fully unpacked because as I stated, and I'll state it again too while I have you before we go to break because I do have 
other calls. Um, the Israeli thing is absolutely uh, worthy of full investigation because America is stuck at the hip like Siamese twins with Israel, as I've quoted Ezekiel 16 through 20, Ahola and Aholabah, Jerusalem and Judah, and God called them harlots for uh, for worshiping false gods. And, and that's what we are doing. America and Israel are, are harlot nations in terms of being committed to war. That's what Daniel said in Daniel chapter 10 and 11, that there would rise up a, a maniacal uh, a ruler who would be given to the god of war, the god of war. Now, that was a, a, a prophecy of the, um, the Roman Empire um, dominating the um, the um, the Grecian Empire with Antiochus Epiphanes, but the pattern is still the same. That's why Revelation chapter 13 lays out beast one and beast two, politics and religion. And what I've told us many, many times is that when you mix politics and religion together as a system, you have nothing but a beastly system that promotes war and then somehow whitewashes it in the name of God. And this is what you got going on with this sort of militant eschatological framework that's taking place here in the West and in Europe. But I'm very thankful that the young people are waking up to it. They are waking up to it, and uh, and God always uses them as he did um, in the days of Vietnam, and I'm praying that God will do that uh, continually with the young people today. Give a revival to the young people that they might come to Christ and be rooted and grounded in the truth of the gospel, be able to speak to these global and political issues in a very savvy way so as to parse them and expose the fabrication and the lies that are uh, thrust upon Americans, blinding them to really what's going on. Thank you for the call, my dear brother. Got to take a break, and I'm going to try to cover our last three callers, if I can, Lisa, Elisa, and uh, Eric. Uh, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call triple eight four KFAX. That's eight 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 F O R K F A X. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. Let's see if we can get to the phone lines. And uh, by the way, two lines open: one triple eight. 367-5329-1-888-367-5329. Also, my email address, if you want to chat with me, um, ask for information, and send you data on a lot of the stuff we talk about. GBC, girl, boy, cat, GBC, Hayward, at gmail.com. GBC, girl, boy, cat, no, it's GBC, just giving you some some way to express it, GBC, all lowercase, Hayward at gmail.com. Love to hear from you if you want more information on what I am talking to you about. Let's go now to line number three and talk with Lisa. Lisa, are you there? Hi, Jesse. Hey, what's up? Hey, say hi to uh, Steve and Diane and... Uh, hey, hey, gang, how we doing? How y'all all doing? And our nephew, Michael. Awesome, awesome. What you up to? We're all listening to you together, watching uh, football quietly. Uh, uh, who's playing? Who's playing? <laughs> hey, Jesse, my question is, so um, I'm hearing this angle of um, the hostage situation is off kilter. Like they're releasing a lot more male Palestinians. Um, and like they'll say they'll release like 15 uh, young Palestinian boys. 
that were yeah. throwing rocks and things like that and you know sure. being you sure. know and then to like like four children and women uh israelis okay so and, i'm just and, and, kind of uh kind of uh not i'm not understanding that angle i've been hearing it from like you know like uh a legal briefing you know, from someone that's been pretty on target with, you know, Supreme Court uh, um, decisions and uh, voting and, you know, voting in the different states uh, for abortion, pro-abortion and how, how they dissect it and how they came up with it, you know, being passed in those states. No, I got um, it. So, 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 so what are their, what's their, what is their, what is their assessment about the distinction between um, what, uh, Hamas is giving over to Israel and what Israel is giving over to Hamas. What would be their concern about that? Well, they're saying that uh, that the Israelis, uh, that Israel is so much more um, lenient and giving and loving on who, you know, they're um, willing to take back in, in, um, in reaction to how Hamas is releasing, you know, releasing like the the children the women and children and um hamas is demanding that they get their military boys back versus right. israel israel so nice that they're just going to go oh let's give us give us two kids and one woman to like 10 military age men right so let me see if i can give a little perspective on this um watching this extensively they've got seven thousand palestinians in the jewish uh, prison over there. And so you're hearing narratives on both sides. I'll just give you my perspective as it is now. A good significant amount of those Palestinians, some of them are, are Israelis as well. Some of them are protesters from Israel. Some of them are Arabs in general. Uh, but they're in there because they don't submit to, um, to Israeli uh, mainstream uh, position. And they may have very well been uh, people that um, assaulted, like you said, the tanks. You, you, you're a young man, you're taking th stones and you're throwing them at tanks, you can get 20 years. There's all kinds of discussion around that on your, um, on your other platforms. But please know that what's happening in terms of um, uh, trading hostages for prisoners for Israel, this is just a necessary uh, pause in an overall agenda for which, according to their own doctrine, it's called the Hannibal Doctrine. I actually sent information to you guys on that. The Hannibal Doctrine is a doctrine that fundamentally says they really don't want to uh, have to uh, negotiate with terrorists. They'd rather just kill everybody, which is fundamentally what's happening in Palestine, killing everybody. But because it's unpopular and because the media is, um, the all alternative media is doing a great job of informing the world, Israel knows that it can't just keep mowing down people, carpet bombing people, mowing the, the, uh, mowing the grass as the metaphor goes without appearing to be concerned about their own uh, hostages. Because really, if you think about it, it's been 40 something days 
and Israel is just now ready to have a conversation about the hostages. We don't know how many of those hostages out of 200 plus are uh, dead or you know, sick unto death. We don't know. We don't even really know the proportion of hostages in terms of military, because Hamas got many of their military men as well. This is something that is not completely exposed, but they got military people. They got dignitaries. They've got people from all uh, walks of life in there, along with uh, with uh, with Israelis and so they're leveraging to get their own people who are just sitting in the the jails in Israel without due process, without trials, et cetera. So, so here we go with people who are either pro-Israel or pro-Palestinian giving an interpretation on this. Um, for the Palestinians, Lisa, I can tell you this is a win-win for them because this is being put on notice around the world that they care about their people in prison. And if what uh, was a tragic event on October 7th had never occurred, those people would just still be in there languishing. Like for us, in terms of Guantanamo Bay and us having so many people in there during the Bush 1 era. You remember Guantanamo Bay? Where we had lots of uh, so-called terrorists that we confiscated, dropped them off in Guantanamo Bay, and you had to have uh, civil rights organizations fighting for them, and some of them sat in prison for 18 years. All of this is unjust in terms of war, but once notice is called to these things, that is a win-win. So we don't quite know how this is going to work out overall. It would be great, and we should be praying for all of the hostages to ultimately be released and a significant equivalence of Palestinians to be released. That is what hostage uh, negotiation and trade-offs are about with civil, with civil, mm. in civil wars. And so we would hope that that would be the outcome here. Uh, other than that, I, I I can't tell you because that's all I know. So that's the best that I makes, can do. That makes a lot. Of, that makes, and I'm glad that you sent that um, video from. Um, the guy Russell. Russell Brand was amazing because it's it just encapsulated every the other one that's all about the oil. So understand then, so understand with that, the, the the hostage trading and all of that, that's just the front. Israel will continue destroying, depleting, completely wiping out Palestine because the goal is to secure those oil wells because America's interests and Israel's interests and to make sure that they have oil leverages to deal with what's coming down the pike with Africa, with uh, with um, uh, China and with Russia, because those three nations are going to be independent of America, and America is trying to leverage to make sure that it can have something to uh, look forward to in terms of its own oil reserves when once we are fully cut off from them. And we can't completely depend upon the um, Arabs because Saudi Arabia is somewhat you know, devoted to and committed still to um, to to the to the Arabs uh, and the Palestinians over there too. So we could find ourselves in a real quagmire. This is why I think we're going and headed to World War III. Particularly if uh, if a wrong move gets made here, we will be looking at a protracted war for two, three, four, five years, and we'll be used to the kind of numbers of people dying that we saw in Iraq over something for which. Iraq wasn't even guilty of. That was Afghanistan. 
that was bin Laden. They did that, but we used it as an, ex as an excuse to go over there and get that oil, and we killed millions of people. This is the problem with war. Thank you for the call, my dear sister. God bless you. Let me see here. I'm gonna, I got about a minute to go before I go on a break, but let me just pick up the line and see if Eric is on line number four. Eric, are you there? Yes. Can I help Hello. you, young man? I got, a, I got about 10 seconds or so. Let's set the question or the comment, and then we'll take a break and come back. Okay, three comments. Thanks for the message. It was a great Sunday. Uh, I, call, I called, uh, what you call, Jay Sekulow one time, and I said, you know, Thomas Hegel invented the word Zionism. He blocked me, never took a call for me again. Right. And uh, firmament, I found out what that word is. It's horizon. Sure. The firmament in King James, sure. it's horizon. Sure. sure. So, how's that? That's great. Great. Sounds good. Thanks for the call, my dear brother. Blessings. I've got to take a break. All the lines are open if somebody wants to call. one 367 5329 1-888-367-5329. What Eric is talking about is Jay Sekulow happens to be of Jewish interest. And, uh, you know, don't nobody really want to get into the history of Zionism. You really don't. You really don't. You really do if you want, if you want clarity. But you really don't if you just want to accept the mainstream narrative. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. We've got about eight minutes to go in this program. If you wanted to call, you can. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Want to email me? I can send you some information if you're ignorant of, of a lot of the stuff that's going on lowercase gbc hayward at gmail.com gbc girl boy cat hayward at gmail.com if you don't know get informed at least hear both sides of the matter at least hear information from around the world at least hear information outside of your own tribe um it's really important to do um this it is no small thing that Tons of Jewish people are rising up against uh, the Zionist agenda of the Israeli state. They know better. So this here is the set of axioms I'm going to lay out to those of you who are on the edge, on the fence, and want clarity. You can absolutely love your country. Like, I love America. I completely criticize, critique uh, my government. I don't trust them. They haven't proven themselves trustworthy. And this is why for Americans as a whole, the uh, the uh, recommendation and, and uh, the, the standard of, of uh, skepticism concerning our government in terms of polls is, is scandalously low. We, we have no confidence in our, in our, in our, our leaders. They are duplicitous. They are prevaricating men and women. They say th one thing, do another. We caught them thoroughly being hypocritical during COVID. You have no reason to trust people when they are that kind of vacillating, duplicitous, um, speaking out of both sides of their mouth government. You don't have any reason to. And it does not mean you don't love your country. Uh, in addition to that, you can absolutely love Jewish people. 
and completely be critical of their government. The, the, the idea that you can critique uh, Netanyahu and critique the Knesset and critique those that are in their sort of quasi-parliamentarian democratic system for the kind of things that they are doing, and, and, and it, just, it didn't just start on October 7th. It goes a long way back. People know that. And still love the Jewish people. Don't let them conflate the Jewish people with their state as good Jewish uh, people here in America are standing up and saying, no, 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 don't do this in our name. I respect those kind of Jewish people. I respect them. Just like, as I stated earlier, when, when those black folk rolls up going out on the street protesting in the names of Black Lives Matter. And we did the research. We went in, we saw their charter, we recognized that they were a front group for nothing more than a bunch of weird, bizarre, anti-patriarchal, uh, you know, neo-homo-bi-sexual-oriented uh, 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 women, largely women who were fundamentally uh, anti-masculine, explicitly so, and Marxists at that, we talked about it. You, you, you don't have to fall prey to a kind of conflated argument that if you don't love our government, you don't love your country. If you don't love our government, you don't love our people. That's a lie. It doesn't work. Jesus loved his own people and told them, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. You're a bunch of snakes. You are dead men's graves, uh, unaware. People walk over them. I mean, Matthew 23 is a scathing rebuke by our master of the leadership of Israel at that time because they were also beholden to the Roman Empire. We have no king but Caesar. A very little difference between what's going on today and what went on in the days of our master in that regard. This is why one of our callers said, you know, the Israelis um, are, are largely atheists. They are agnostic. Uh, they don't necessarily believe Torah. And this is what your Orthodox Jews will tell you. You need to do the work in parsing this thing so that you aren't, aren't deceived too. So your so-called Christian Zionist, who play a major role in supporting uh, the state of Israel, has facilitated the conflicts that's been going on for years upon years upon years, ever since 1917 in the Bill for Declaration, and even before that. Um, it's very clear that um, you can't go into a land, even in the name of God gave you this land, and disrupt, displace, destroy, devastate uh, people who have been living there as long as you, and if not longer, there's a lot of debate around that. I could send you some information on that. Uh, you can't do that to people. I mean, if America is going to put up with that, then we need to turn this country right back over to our Native American brothers and sisters because we came under here under manifest destiny <clears throat> and the wickedness of its own agenda and plundered this country as well. Now, we know that. So we've been doing subtle and quiet, not sufficient uh, reparations for years. We know that we have exercised a level of quiet Jim Crow apartheid. We know that. South Africa knows that. They know that. This is why you got uh, Canada and uh, uh, a few other countries uh, pushing up against Israel to tell them to stop. Because once you see what Israel is doing to the Palestinians, you go, wow, this is this is this is uncannily similar oppression. 
discrimination, apartheid laws, one rule for us, another rule for you, a hierarchy of laws. Once you press into those factors, you realize, okay, this has been going on for hundreds of years. And ignorant Christians are supporting that kind of behavior. Some have clearly argued that it's racist. And you've seen that. You've seen on the presentations, you know, outrageous Jewish people standing up and protesting and saying some of the most abominable things to other Jewish people who simply are saying Palestinians are humans too. When you hear Netanyahu called them Amalek, you already know because Amalek was assigned in the Old Testament to utter destruction. Men, women, children, and animals. When your president calls a group of people Amalek, that, that is genocidal in its construct. So don't be deceived. These matters are very serious. It doesn't mean that you don't care about Jewish people. Um, but Jewish people have to, they have to actually walk uprightly like they, their name uh, asserts, um, just like we do as Americans. And Christians, you are guilty of slavery. We are guilty of all kinds of abominations simply because we walk too close to our government. And that's why people don't come into the faith real quick in America, because we're draped in a flag that underscores our hypocrisy. And we're powerless as Christians when we don't acknowledge these atrocities. Might does not make right. It's the grace of God that we all need. And mercy, mer this is why Martin Luther King was so popular. He preached it, let righteousness rain down like waters. Show mercy, justice, and walk humbly with the Lord your God, which we're not doing in this context. This is not the way you present Christ to the world. All right, until next time, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.